So this morning, I am excited because um, I don't get the opportunity to come to church often and just be in church because I'm usually preaching in church. And so this Sunday, I get the opportunity. And you guys, he is no stranger to us. He's definitely been no stranger over the last couple of months as he's preached many times um, in my absences and in the different things that I have done that you guys have availed me and afforded me to do as far as being with my children, being with my son on the baseball field or, or preaching in other churches or whatever. I've taken, I, I love taking a few, uh, a couple of months to just be low key and relax over the summer much like many of you. And so I'm thankful for my, my very good friend, Nate Terry, who has filled in uh, in an in, in exemplary fashion. He preaches the gospel well, and I, I've listened to all of his messages, um, and they, they're just powerful. I do. I go back and listen to them all, and they're, they're powerful, and I've been blessed by every one of them. And so I want you to help me welcome my good friend, Nate Terry, as he comes this morning and preaches the word of God to you. I believe he has a word for you. And then I have some things I'm going to share with you after he is finished. So thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Nate, my man, come on and help me welcome my friend, good friend Nate Terry as he comes and preaches the word this morning. Thank you. Love you. Praise the Lord. You might need this. Thank you. That's fine right there. That's fine right there. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I missed the family on last week. I was in Chicago preaching. Uh, had a good time, though. Had a Holy Ghost good time. It was a blessing to be able to travel and preach the word of God. I thank God for the opportunity that he gives me to minister his word, the word of life. Amen. Amen. Thank God for all of you. I love to see your faces. I just thank God for you. Um, first of all, I want to say I just thank God for Pastor Mike. I, I thank him for the opportunity, and usually it's short notice. <laughs> but I thank God for the opportunity because it's always good to preach at home, right? And so I, I'm glad to be back at home for a little while. So I may be gone in a couple of weeks, but I'm thankful to be at home. And I just thank God for Mike and Alicia and the whole Warmer, Warmer. I always get their name mixed up, but Warmer family. Uh, so I just thank God for all of them and uh, all of you. Amen. If you would pray with me before we get started. I want to ask that you would pray with me as God give us the word for us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear Lord, for your engrafted word that's able to save every soul. God, and we just thank you. We give your name the praise. We give your name the glory. And we give your name the honor. And certainly, God, there's a story behind our praise. God, we thank you for your word, oh God. We thank you for what you're going to say to us this morning. Lord God, strengthen us, oh God. Cause us to apply this to our lives that our souls might live. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. 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 I want to invite your attention to the book of St. John, chapter 10 and verse 10. It's a familiar passage to some. But it it really, it is distinct because it it talks about two different things. And the things we kind of want to bring them out this morning and what it's referring to. Uh, First of all, it says this. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. So 
it starts off by saying, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Some scripture says a full life. Okay. But I want to talk about to you this morning about the two different things that this verse is talking about. Because the first thing it talks about is the thief. It gives an illustration of the thief and what the thief does. Now, the thief has a job. But before we can go into that, we need to explain who the thief is. The thief is Satan himself. Okay? That's who the thief is. Some of us know him as Baal or Beelzebub. He really does exist. And then it tells us a description of what the thief job is. Now, I want you to know something that uh, a thief is different than a robber. I've been both. That's why I know the difference. Now, a thief will take something from you or steal something from you without you even knowing it. That's what a thief does. So a thief could pickpocket you, rob your purse, and you won't know it until you got home like, oh, where's my... That's how the thief does. But the robber does, he robs you with you knowing it. He puts the gun right in your face and take everything you got. But the thief is kind of crafty. See, the thief will come in while you're asleep, take the painting off the wall, and you won't know it for a couple days that the painting is gone. That's how the thief operates. He's crafty. He's slick. He's smooth. He comes to get you without you even knowing it. That's why the Bible says his job is to kill, is to steal, and to destroy. He wants to annihilate you. In other words, take you out. Are you listening to me? So when he takes you out, that's what he wants to do. His end result is to take you out. That's his thing. But while he's in the process, he want to take everything you got. He want to steal from you everything you got. Anything that God gives to you, he wants to snatch it away from you. He wants to take everything you got. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. And he wants to destroy. So remember what the thief is. And remember what the thief does. We don't want to take it lightly who our enemy is. Because we have an enemy. And he's out to kill us. That's what he's out to do. He's actually out to destroy us. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, how can I tell you about having life when you're already standing in front of me? He's talking to some people about giving them life when you, you would think that, okay, I'm already living. I'm already here. I'm already alive. No, on the contrary, you're just existing. But I have come to give you a full life. I have come to give you an abundant life. I have come to cause you to really live. Because, see, sometimes we don't even know how to live or we don't understand what life is until we really start living for the Lord. And that's the only way that we can receive life is when we live for God. That's the true meaning of life. When we actually start to live for God. When I looked up the word life, here's what it meant. I want to read this to you. I want you to really get this. 
Because when it talked about life, it means the absolute fullness of life, essential and ethical, and it belongs to God. It is a real life, genuine life. It's active and it's vigorous and is devoted to God. That's the life that we're talking about living. We're not talking about just us existing because everybody's just existing. But when you're really living, it's an extreme, abundant, excessive life. And that's how we live as people of God. And that's what Jesus has come to give us. Are you hearing me? And also, it means this. It also means this. It means in the sense of beyond. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we got to be going beyond. We're not just the norm. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible calls us peculiar people. We're beyond the normal life. Uh huh. We're beyond that. Our life is in quality or superior in quantity because we live a different life than just regular, ordinary people. We are the people of God. Our life is superior. It's a different type of life. It's exceeding abundantly above. It's an advantage. It's a very high advantage that's beyond measure. It's beyond measure. You can't measure this. You can't pull out a ruler and measure this life. Now, some lives, you can pull out a ruler and measure that life. But this life, you can't because it's always moving. God's like, when God moves into our lives, he changes our direction. We can be going this direction today and this direction tomorrow because we have the abundant life. This is what the abundant life that he was talking about, an abundant life. He really caused us to come to live. As I think back, when the enemy was trying to annihilate me, and he still is, I'm still on the hit list. Still on the hit list, and you are too. Don't be scared. But you're on the list. But he should have killed me a long time ago. I messed around and fell in love with Jesus. I know too much now to turn back. I know too much now. He should have killed me when I had the needle in my arm. That's when he should have took me out. When the heroin was running through my veins, he should have killed me then. Because it's too late now. I've already been to the water. I've already been converted. My life has already been turned around. And now I'm really living. Because I didn't know how to live until I start living for the Lord. And that's when we begin to live. When we live for the Lord. When we live for the Lord, our life actually changes and it changes for the good it becomes extreme some folks say I go too much extreme <laughs> but it's just the abundant life Mike is like that too I think he's a little excessive but it's the abundant life are you listening to me he don't mind me messing with him but it's the abundant life when you have an abundant life you can't help but to be extreme you can't help but to be excessive because you know that this is a superior life that you're living because if you look back and you look at some of my old pictures I look older then than I do now because that was how is when I was existing I was just existing but when you begin to live, there's nothing else like it. 
Jesus has come to give us life. And all of us come from different walks of life. All of us come from different journeys that we experience. Mine was a little different than yours. Yours was a little different than hers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But even in that, God meets us where we are and gives us life. He brings life to us, not just existing anymore. And a lot of times when we're just existing, then we just go through the motions. We really get depressed because we're existing. But when you have life and you're really living, I thought about the EKG. And the EKG, it kind of goes up like this. You know, you know what I mean? Right? But if that thing goes flat, guess what happens to your life? You die. That's why it's important that you be vigorous. That's why it's important that you understand that he has come to give you life. Now, my life started, when I started to exist, it was in 1964. November the 1st, are you listening to me? 1964. And there's usually a little dash behind that, right? And then when you stop living, there's another date that follows. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But that little dash, that is what God wants to operate in your life in that dash. In that dash, what are you doing in that dash? Because that is your life. That is actually your life. Not the date that it started and not the date that it ended. But what were you doing in that dash? What were you doing then in that dash? When I have given you life, full life, what were you doing with it? Where were you going with it? Did you represent me in it? Did you represent me in the dash? Because I've come to give it to you. I stopped the enemy from taking you out. I held back death on your behalf. Whoa, who am I preaching to? I held back death on your behalf so that you could live because I had a purpose and a plan for your life. Regardless of whatever happened, I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been beat down like a dog. My skull is cracked. I got bullet wounds in my body. But God had a plan. He didn't let the devil take me out. Because he had a purpose for my life. He had a purpose for your life. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has an aim and a direction for your life and catch this real good that he would receive glory out of it that he would receive glory out of your life this the abundant life oh yes it is it's an abundant life sometimes it's extreme it's above it's exceedingly full it's full Because when your life is full, 
it puts you in a different place. You know, when you're living the abundant life, it's not just ordinary. You meet people that, that pour into your life. You are you hearing what I'm saying? They put stuff into your life. Like when I met Mike, he started to pour into my life. I met other people, they start to pour into my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And vice versa, because it's an abundant life. And you connect with people that's just like you, and you begin to live this life that they're living that same abundant life, and it's a joy. It's unspeakable, and it's full of glory. God gets glory out of your life. It's abundant, and it has to be full. I can't just live an ordinary life anymore. I'm not just existing anymore. But I'm living, and I'm living for God. In the late 80s, they had a saying, and it said, how you living? I'm living large. That's what they said. That was in the 80s. For some of us, that takes us back. I'm living large. But the reality, a lot of the people that were saying they were living large were sinners, and they were equating it to the things of the world. Saying they were living large, they had cars, they had houses, they had diamonds, they had furs, and they equated that to living large. But I came to declare to you today, if you got all that stuff and you ain't got Jesus, you ain't living large. You're living small. Are you listening to me? Because without the Lord, you really only existing. You're only existing. You're only existing. I ask you today. Do you want to live? Because I want to live. I want to live. And the only way to live is to live for God. Come hell or come high water, come temptation, come trial, come test. I want to live for God. Are you listening to me? I must live for God. I don't care what I face. I must live for God. I'm not concerned about what's going on in the world. That's not really my concern. My concern is I want to do what pleases God. That's what I'm concerned about. Whatever step I take, whatever move I make, does it please the Father? That's what I want to do. I'm not concerned about political background and nothing like that. I'm concerned about God. And is he pleased with my walk? Is he pleased with my talk? After he has given me abundant life. Is my life pleasing in his sight? Is it pleasing in his sight? Yes. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he has come to show me the ways of life. Because we don't know how to live. We need God in order to have life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There's no other way. It's only through him. He has come to give us life. In this story, the backdrop, it was concerning about false prophets, and these false prophets were trying to, to take uh, what God had instructed and to get monetary gain for from it. 
Because some of them, he said that he was talking about, and if you read the scriptures before it and the scriptures behind this context, then he was talking about how some were taking it and making monetary gain. And so it started to talk about the shepherd and the good shepherd and the hireling. You know, it started to talk about those things. But what it pointed out when it got to St. John 10 and 10, it really got strong because he pointed out the thief in the verse and what the thief was trying to accomplish. But Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life. People of God, my sisters and brothers, I don't ever want us to forget that there's an enemy that is out to destroy the life that God has given us. There's an enemy that wants to take us out. Hmm. There's times when the enemy gut punch me. I got to be honest. I'm talking about a gut punch. You know, a gut you know, and I, oh, uh-huh. but I laugh and I say, that's all you got. <laughs> I've been gut punched before. That ain't the first gut punch I've had. That's all you got. You know, you got to come better than that. Are you listening to me? So I can't focus on the gut punch because if I focus on the gut punch, I'll stay there. Are you hearing me? I'll be like, oh, he hit me 10 years later. Oh, I can't believe he done that to me. Wait a minute. You should have been past that long time ago. Don't stay stuck there. That's his job. He's good at it. But our God is real good at his job too. That's why he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it full and abundant. He really wants us to understand that he has given us life, that he has caused us to live. I thought about this verse over in Matthew where Jesus said, for this cause, he said, he said something about um, for this cause. He talked about, I can't, it, it just slipped my mind. I'll come back to it. But what Jesus was talking about, he came for a purpose. He came for a purpose to do a work so that we could live, so that we can actually live, that we can actually have a life that's pleasing in his sight. Because without him, we walk around and we'll just be depressed. I'm sorry, depression can't live here. <laughs> it can't live here. Not in this house. Not in this house. Not in this house. Is because of what God has done. If I look back in retrospect, I can already see what he's done. Are you hearing me? I can see where he's delivered me from this, where he's delivered me from that, where he's delivered me from this. So this thing definitely ain't no issue. He can deliver me from that too. Are you hearing me? And so we have to understand, people of God, that God wants us to live and wants us to live a full life, an abundant life. A life that's pleasing in his sight. I like the definition that said this. It said, the absolute fullness, essential and ethical. Full though. Essential and ethical. And then it said, real and genuine, active and vigorous, but devoted to God. So my life needs to be full. I need to have an active life. That's why we do so much as a church. That's why this little small church, it blows my mind. First of all, it's in the movie theater. Are you hearing me? You're talking about abundance. 
just right there, that's abundance. That's excessive. Extremely abundant. And then this small church goes to missions. That's living. Are you hearing me? That is amazing. That is an amazing God. And then we're multicultural. That is extreme. Are you listening to me? Yes. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to live an abundant life. So he can receive glory out of it. He can really receive glory out of our life. He can receive glory out of this church. He can receive glory from everything that we do. God can. And God will. He has come that we might have life. And a full life. A full life. We don't want the EKG to stop. We don't want it to stop and go flatline while we're living. I don't want to be walking around a flatline believer. A dead believer. Hmm? Because he has given me life. He has given me life. I want everybody to know that he saved me. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I want everyone to know that God saved me one day. God delivered me one day. God set me free one day. He came in and delivered. Regardless of that I had the gang tattoos on my arms, God still saved me. Regardless of I had the earrings in my ear, he still saved me. Regardless of I was robbing, stealing, and gangbanging, he still saved me. He still came to deliver me and set me free. That's the God that I want everybody to know about. Because he's the savior of the world. He's the deliverer. He's the sanctifier. He's the keeper. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of life. He don't want us just existing, but he want us to live. He want us to actually live. I was thinking about the song that they were singing, how God just takes nothing and make something beautiful because he remembers we're dust but God can take dust and breathe into the dust and the dust can become living huh it can become living dust that's all we are we're living dust living dust breathing dust but then in that dust he gives it the ability to have a full, abundant life. That's a powerful God. But we need to understand that. And if we understand that we've been given life, we won't focus on the, on the thief. The thief shouldn't be our focus because we know what his end is going to be. We have to remind him, oh, yeah, you're going to the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's your end result. That is the conclusion of your whole matter. You are going to the lake. You and your, uh, what did I want to call them? Your cohorts. Y'all going to the lake. So I can't focus on him. He can't be my focus. God has to be my focus because he's the author and the finisher of my faith, of this body of truth. He's the author. That means he's the one that started it, and that means he's the one that completes it. He's the author and the finisher. Because he is the one that has given us 
life. I want to live. Do you want to live? Let me hear you say it. I want to live. <laughs> Do you really? Because I want to live. I want to live. I'm not ready to die. There's purpose for my life. I'm not a flatline believer. But in the dash, I want to live. I want to live. I came in peace. God bless you. Amen. One of the things that my brother and pastor Nate Terry did not know is that uh, he was kind of tag teaming this with me a little bit because um, as I asked him, I did, I felt the prompting of the Lord to ask him to speak. And then as I then several hours later asked him, what's God placed on your heart? And he shared amazingly enough this is how I like this is this is how I this is why I love God so much I had a little note section in my notes on my phone that had created on June the 3rd 2017 titled abundant life and I, I just and I didn't even realize it I opened up my notes See, and I actually, I said that you didn't realize you were tag teaming this with me. I actually didn't realize it until this morning either. I opened up my notes and saw it said abundant life as I was getting ready to take some notes about his message and was like, wow. And just so I'm, I'm just going to take a, a few minutes to share with you some thoughts that God had already given me and even some things that I have added since my brother started preaching. But this idea of abundant life. Uh, John 10.10 10 is one of my favorite passages of scripture in all of the word, just simply because it's filled with hope for my future. It's filled with hope for my life. And so I want you to, I want something to sink in really, really deep in you right now. And one of the things I want you that, that I want to sink in deep in you and let it sink in as much as possible is that you were created to worship Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. You were created to worship Christ. The very thing that in other places in this world would get you arrested or even killed is what you were created to do. We don't just admire him. We don't just follow him. We don't just swear allegiance to him. We worship him. So the idea of worship for too many people is what I come to do on Sunday. Now what you come to do on Sunday is celebrate. What you come to do on Sunday is lift up the name of Jesus in praise and, 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 and receive something that he does for you in the context of worship. But the idea of worshiping Christ, the image that comes to my mind, I preached this a long time ago, so I'm not going to preach it today, but here's the image that comes to my mind. Because the word, the word worship in, in, in most contexts in scripture isn't just about I come into the presence and I lift up my hands. It's actually likened to a dog sitting at the foot of the master, licking his hand. That's what worship is. Now, to put that into today's context and into context for your life, think about it like this. Dogs are the most loyal of all creatures. They are. 
and I, I've seen this in, 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 in amazing, different amazing ways. And I remember it when I was a teenager. My best friend at the time had a massive Rottweiler whose head was gigantic. It's like a 160-pound dog. He was just this monster. And he liked to play a lot. And just like our children like to play at the wrong times. And I remember one time dogs barking like crazy 2:30 in the morning he's going nuts my friend grabs a brick throws it in his general direction tells him to shut up the brick actually ended up hitting the dog not cool i know go down the next day dog's asleep chilling brick is in pieces cuz he ate it but the very first thing that dog did as we exited to, to the, into, his, into the backyard where he had his own little doghouse area, is hopped up, wagged his little nub, and took off towards his owner, tackling him and licking his face. He just got hit in the face with a brick, and he's licking his face. The reason I share that is because that's the imagery of worshiping God. God's not the God who throws bricks at us. But God is the God that is worthy of our adoration in such a way that regardless of what comes our way, we will sit at his feet, worshiping him. That's who we are as believers. Let that sink in. We worship him. We worship Jesus, him as eternal, as uncreated, as omnipotent, as wise, as creator, sustainer, redeemer. He is the God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is God. And that's who we are created to worship. Anything outside of that does not bring, a lot, does not bring abundant life. If we do not worship him that way, and I think that's when, when Jesus says in verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, I think he means that I have come that they may be saved and go out and come and find pasture. Meaning I can, that they can go and find the fullness. If you release animals into the pasture, specifically cows, they will wander and wander and they will eat and eat and eat and get fat and fat and fat. Because that's what their purpose was. Our goal is to just be overflowing with fullness. That's what that word means. But I don't believe that we can get there without having this understanding that worshiping Christ is the pathway to abundant life. It's not having things. It's not attaining things. Matter of fact, you can work your tail off all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and you still will not have attained life except that you worship Christ. It's the pathway to life. He even said it, and Nate alluded to it. My, uh, I have come, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come to give you life. The way and the truth and the life has come to give you life. That's how that works. As a matter of fact, I think it's about, ha it's not about, abundant life is not about having stuff. It's about having peace. It's about having joy. And it's about having God. Anything outside of that is not life. And when I think about obtaining that place, I think about this, this word that pops into my head is this word apex. So I think the apex of abundant life 
is found in this worship. And when I look at, when I think about the word apex, I think about it's the, it's the highest most point of a thing. When you climb mountains, they call it the summit, the highest peak that I climb to. And people are always trying and striving to get to the peak of a mountain. And so when I think about this abundant life that Christ has, the apex of this abundant life is really found. It's not found up here. Rather, it is literally found down here. This is where the apex of abundant life is found, is bowing down at the foot of the cross, worshiping Christ. That is where the apex of abundant living comes from. Why am I extreme? I am extreme. There is no, I have to serve Jesus. Because if I don't, I will extremely serve the devil. I only know how to do it one way. It's just the way that I'm wired. I don't have a choice. When I fail, I fail bad. I fail hard. When I would hurt myself growing up, I would hurt myself. It would be no, oh, wow, I got a boo-boo. It would be like, oh, crap, he broke a bone. That's why when my mom got calls from either police officers or hospitals late at night, she would flip out because she knew I was extreme. That what am I going to find when I go to the hospital to find my son? She had to do that a few times. What am I going to find? I am extreme. I know that. That's the only way I know how to live and the only way I ever will live. Because I just, I want more than anything in the world to worship Christ. In everything that I do, and I know that's going to bring that abundant life. And I believe that's where he's taking us. When he says, that, when he says in this whole John chapter 10, you got to look at this thing in context. He says, he says, this is what he says about himself. I am the door. He says, I am the shepherd, that I have authority. I lay my life down, and as a dead man, I have the authority to take it up again. See, we can all come and say, I lay my life down for you, Jesus, but we can't take it up. Jesus said, I'll lay my life down. I'll take it up. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you Pharisees something. He says, he says, I will destroy the temple, the entire temple. I will destroy it, and then I'll rebuild it in three days because I can. Same reason why I believe part of why Lazarus stayed dead so long. He's like, I'm going to raise him from the dead just because I can. Watch this. He has the abundant life that we desire. And it's not in seeking the life that you find it is in seeking the life giver that it is found. And so I love the title, I want to live. My hope is that the word live has a whole different meaning to you today. After hearing my brother Nate preach and hearing the little bit I was able to add on. My hope is that the word live means so much more to you today than it ever has.